How did a broke single mom who'd been fired from tennis go on to become America's most sought-after real estate investor? Hold on to your seats as you are about to go on a wild ride that results in you being a superstar. Dwan Twyberg, aka Wonderful, is about to blow your mind. The most wonderful real estate podcast ever promises to be your go-to podcast for everything that life has to offer. You are entering the Wonderful Zone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. I'm your host, Juan Bent Twyford. I'm America's most sought-after real estate investor. And I am so excited that you are here with another episode of the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. Our motto at Wonderful is people before profits. So that resonates with you. You're at the right place. It's the right time. And I'm your girl. And the whole reason I got involved in real estate investing to start with is I was fired from Denny's. Then I went through a really unexpected divorce when I was a broke single mom, fired from Denny's, and no place to go but up. So I made the decision to get involved in real estate investing. That was over 30 years ago. My daughter is 33 years old right now. I know it's like, it's hard to imagine. She's 33 years old now. And uh Real estate investing changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. And it can change your life too. So I hope you keep following. If you're new to Wonderful, like and subscribe. Keep following. Keep up the good work. Stay with us. And we're just having a lot of fun. And we're in the podcast. We're in the 300s. It's like, woohoo. Podcasting for a while now. And it's just super exciting. So we're going to jump right in. We're jumping right in. Uh, oh, also, go to dwanderful.com. Dwanderful.com. D-W-A-N-D-E-R-F-U-L. So I took Dwan and Wonderful and I made a new word. So go to dwanderful.com. Opt in. I've got some free ebooks, And I also have this, Top 7 Real Estate Investing Strategies for Today's New Market. Um, it's hundreds of pages, and it's free. So opt in and you'll get this and you'll get some ebooks and you'll just get a whole bunch of really great stuff. So do that right now, like right now. Well, listen to me and then go opt in. Wonderful.com. All right. So as I told you on episode 300, first of all, yay. Thanks for giving me over 300 episodes. I'm so excited about that. And I told you that um, I'm basically out on the streets. I'm doing deals for this next year. And I'm going to keep you guys updated on what's happening, what I find, what I don't find, just whatever's going on. So I want to talk about this deal that we're working on right now. So this is Heather and Steve. Now, they live up here on the mountains, actually. They actually live just like right across the the highway. I guess it's a highway. Two lanes, like a little, little, little tiny highway. Not a freeway, like a little highway. And um, they, have a, they have actually a pretty cute house. I went over and talked to them. They, they have a cute house. It's a cute house. It's three bed. Let's see. It's, uh, I have to think about this for a minute. So it's a three bed. It's a three bed, two bath. So it's got two beds and a bath upstairs. And then the basement has a bed and a bath. And then it was a partially unfinished basement, but they finished the basement. So right now on the records, it's only showing it's like 980 square feet because it doesn't show the basement's finished, but it is finished. 
So when they get ready to go and sell it, they'll probably end up at about 1,200 square feet because the basement was done with permits and everything. It just hasn't been added to the public records. So it's a, a three-bed, two-bath official, and it shows on the tax records as a three-bed, one-bath, I believe. But like I said, they finished off the basement, added a bathroom, so it gives the house more value. Now, here's the situation with these two. So write the notes down with me here. So they are in two different mindsets. So Steve wants to just move. He wants to sell the house and move. And he wants to move out to uh, a place here in Colorado. It's called Hartzell. And Hartzell is like really remote, like remote. Like, like you go past where we live in Bailey and you go past Fair Play and you go past that and past that. And then you go to like the middle of nowhere where there's a little tiny town and like, <laughs> like actually people who want to live off the grid. They don't want anyone to know who they are. They have had issues in the past or people that just are really very much anti-people live in Hartzell. Like it's really fun. It's a neat place to go and visit for the day. But it's like you, you, you honestly, when you're there, you feel like, like, you got to kind of look around, like, yeah, I should get out of here before, like, the sun goes down. But it's a really cute town. And it's actually one of the things on the list of, of places to see in Colorado. So it was a ghost, it was a, um, a gold mining town. And so in the gold rush, like, all these people moved out to Hartzell. And this one couple that they named the town after, they were having no luck with finding gold. So they thought, hey, you know what we could do? We could feed the miners. So they opened up a restaurant to feed the miners. And then they opened up a little store uh, with goods and flour and anything you would need for mining. Opened a little store with mining supplies. And eventually, this couple became super wealthy and owned the whole town, named the town after themselves, because they supplied all the needs for the gold miners. And then, you know, obviously the gold rush was down. Years and years and years and years ago, and so now it's uh it's just a cute town, has a lot of touristy stuff during the day. But if you go there and like go out off of the main downtown, there's a lot of of really um, mountain people, like isolated away from society people. So that's where Steve wants to go. Heather does not want to live out so remote and so isolated. And she is in, so you know, I talk about the different mindsets of the homeowners. They're in like denial, anger, uh, acceptance, embarrassment, fear. They go through the different mindsets. You can look at some of my previous titles to shows and it'll show like the mindsets of the homeowners. So you can look at that and listen or watch it and you'll see what I'm talking about. So he is in acceptance. She is in, she's not in denial. She's, I don't even know. She's not necessarily in an exact mindset. She would be more denial than anything. She wants to sell the house, make a big enough profit that they can buy another house. She does not want to rent. So she goes, I do not want to rent. Rent is for losers. If I have to rent, I've always owned a house. And I'm like, okay, so. So she's in, uh, I guess, a phase of denial. So I went over, I met with them. I spent about 45 minutes with them. And Steve's like, I just want to sell. I want to move the heart, so I want to be out of here. Like, that's it. I'm out. I'm done. I don't want this. I just want to rent for a while. Let's rent. Let's regroup. 
And she's like, no, we're going to sell the house. We're going to make a profit. We're going to buy another house. I don't care if we live in Arsenal or not. As long as we buy, I'm not renting a house. Now, the denial part is you cannot be like 15 months behind on mortgage payments and be 30 days away from the sale date and buy another house. Like who, no bank is going to lend you any money. So these are the numbers on the house. They owe 262000 and it's honestly, it's worth about five fifteen. So they have approximately $250,000 worth of equity. So she believes they can put it on the market for five fifteen, sell it for retail. They'll have $250,000 and they can buy another house. They can put $100,000 on a house and that all sounds well and fine. But here's the big problem. They are hoarders. And I mean, straight up hoarders. And the house is such a mess. Like, I, there was no place for me to sit. I sat on, like, a square of the couch. And there is just nothing but blankets and rugs and trash and boxes. And the, the dining room table has, like, five feet of stuff on it. And you look around the whole house, it is 100% hoarders. So it's really hard to even see like what kind of work it needs underneath all of the clutter. Like it, it's cute outside, needs to be painted for sure. Um, the inside has some log trimming and things like that. So it's really cute. Um, but if you just look in the bathroom, it's just all of it. It's just like, <sighs> you're never going to be able to sell it for retail. Because what's going to happen is any end user, and an end user is the person buying a house to like live in it for themselves. Any end user is just going to look at that house and be like, uh, no, because the average person could not get past the amount of stuff that's in the house. I mean, there is, I walked in, I was just like, wow, because the house is small and it's got stuff stacked like to the ceilings and they live there, the husband and the wife, and they have a, a child who's maybe 10, so cute. She was like, Miss Twan, could I offer you a cold beverage? And I said, I was like, oh, honey, thank you. I, I have a bottle of water with me because honestly, I was afraid to drink out of one of their cups. Like, it's like so bad. But the little daughter is like, can I show you my bedroom? I said, sure. So she said, I have my lights here in my studio. She's got lights all over her walls and purple lights and pink lights. And she loved my hair. And she's just adorable. And she's worried about moving and being away from her friends. So I talked to her about you know, getting a fresh start. And I talked to the mom, I talked to the dad. And so I'm going to go back over and talk to them in the next week. And I'm going to see what I can do. But I left them the fed up package that gives them their 10 options. Now, initially, I thought, you know, I could probably give them 30 or $40,000 and they could move out and they could rent and, you know, we could fix it up and sell it, you know, sell it to, not me fix it, but sell it to one of my rehabbers. But she is not parting with that equity. So if you remember us going through the Fed Up program, it has the 10 options that homeowners have to buy time to stay in their home. And we make money on options three, four, and five. Option three is an equity partnering deal. So the only way I can see them making this work is to do equity partnering deal with us. Because we got this lead, uh, some realtor looked at it, and she was horrified. So she somehow knew Felicia. 
And so Felicia, like, hey, I know that you work in the foreclosure side of things. So let me just give you this lead. And if you get it, great. And if you don't, you know, that's fine. I can't deal with it. So a couple different realtors have already been there and they have all passed. Because from a regular end user state of mind, the house is a disaster. It's so bad. It's like, wow. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't even say this. Her toenails, honest to God, they're like two inches long. And they're just so filthy. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This poor little girl lives here. They've got a dog. So, but the husband smokes outside. So, he's on the porch and smoked outside. I went in. I talked to them. And so, I just explained. I said, listen, you know, the reality is you're not going to sell your house like this. Like, the average person cannot look past all of this. And I said, you know, I understand that uh, being a hoarder is... I didn't plug my speaker in. I said, I understand that being a hoarder is, it's denial. I've watched the shows. I know that you know. And her mother happened to be there, just staying with him for a couple of days. She goes, I keep telling her. So she has other people telling her and trying to help her and explaining about how bad the situation actually is that they're in. So here's what she did. She had the, got the bank to work out a loan modification. Now, how she got this, I will never know because they only have $1,300 a month as income. That's her income because her husband got hurt on a job and it's some kind of job where he works like construction for cash or something like that. So he has no money and he has no disability and he has no workers' comp or anything coming. So they're living solely on her $1,300. So she applied for a COVID relief package for the state of Colorado so each state has like this much money in funds. If you qualify, um, they'll help you with a loan modification. Or no, I'm sorry. She qualified for a loan modification with the bank based on approval by the state. But here's the thing. Her payment was $1,700. Now the payment is $2,300. So her first payment, she has to have the documents in uh, today. So tomorrow, yeah, she has two days to get the papers. Now, you'll be seeing this in November. I'm recording this on the 26th of October. She has to the 28th to get her documents in. So I'm going to drive over to her house today because I feel like if I call her, she's not calling me back. <laughs> so, but she wants to do something. She's like, well, I want to do something. I just don't know. So if she gets the documents in, the bank said that they will do a forbearance, a loan modification. But her new payment is going to be $2,300, and the first payment starts December 1st. So she's thinking, I'll just mail it in, and then somehow in the month of November, we'll sell the house, we'll make hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then we we'll, won't we'll have to worry about the payment that's coming in December. So she is in some denial for sure. He is like, listen, we need to... Work with this woman. We need to take this deal. We need to move. We don't have any time. So what I'm offering them, and I'll let you know if it works out, is I'm offering them what we call equity partnering. So this is where we would typically make up the back payments. Then we would rehab the house and fix whatever needs to be fixed. And then we would put it on the market and we would sell it for retail. So if we sold it for retail, she has $250,000 worth of equity. So the way we do it, and I've talked about equity partnering on some of my past shows. So again, if I talk about something like, hey, I don't know what that is, 
just look at my titles and go back and listen to an equity partnering because on a show like where that's the actual subject line, I taught it in detail. So, so what I'm proposing, so I'll have to see if they do it, is that we give them $5,000 and they have to move out because any equity partnering deal where we would have to come in and fix it up and sell it retail, the homeowners have to be out. Because I mean, first of all, you can't, fix up a house with people living in it because when you tear out their cabinets or their walls and you tear their stuff out they're like but i i built those cabinets myself and they're all attached to everything so we'd give them about five grand they would move probably rent over in hartzell now since they got a loan modification approved and the payments due the first of december we wouldn't actually have to bring up any back payments we would have to make the payment in december in January and February, however many months we'd have to make the payment while we fix up the house. Now, my son is really big in equity partnering. So I would take this house and I would wholesale it to him. He's not getting it free. He's got to pay mama for the deal. Because again, I'm doing deals for this whole year and you're following along with me and he's going to have to pay me. So I'm going to, I'm going to, if if we're able to put this together, I'm going to get 15,000. I'm only going to get 15,000 down. And because that's, I'm just wholesaling the contract to them. Normally they have to bring up the back payments, but they'll just have to keep up with the loan modification. And then they're going to have to clean the house out and then they're going to have to fix it up. But honestly, with as much stuff that's in it, it's kind of hard to know exactly what it needs. But let's say they spend $50,000. We'll, we'll just make the numbers easy. So let's say they spend $50,000 on rehab. Okay. And there's approximately $250,000 worth of equity. At this point, they owe 262. It's worth about 515. Let's just say it sells for that. All the numbers work perfect in the world. And they put in um, 50,000. You know what? We'll say we'll say 35,000 because I'm asking them to give me 15. So they put in third. This way, I can just do the math in my head real quick. So they put in 35,000. They give me 15. So that's 50. So they have $50,000 in the deal. Okay. They have $50,000 in the deal. So the 250 equity, 50,000 would go back to them for what they put into the deal. And then when we do an equity partnering deal with a homeowner, we charge something that we call a financial risk assessment fee, an FRA, a financial risk assessment fee. And the FRA is 10% of whatever the house sells for. So if the house sells for around 500,000, they're going to get 50000 as a financial risk assessment fee. So then you would take the two fifty. let Let's see. Let me just get, I'm going to do this with you on the phone here real quick. Um, okay. So then you take the two fifty dollars in equity and you subtract the 15000 that they pay us and subtract the 35000 in rehab and payments and subtract the $50,000 risk assessment fee, and that leaves 150,000. Is that right? 250,000 equity, minus 15, minus 35, minus, so that leaves $150,000 worth of equity. Now, $150,000 worth of equity divided by two is gonna be um, 75,000. So the homeowners would get 75,000, Will would get seventy-five thousand, but on top of his seventy-five thousand, so he gets his seventy-five thousand. On top of that, he gets his fifty thousand, 
risk assessment fee. So he makes 125, he makes 125, and they make 75. So basically with a with an equity partner deal, we split the equity with the homeowner. So someone that has a large amount of equity like this, $250,000 of equity, a lot of people know that they have something of value and they they just won't walk away. Like, oh, I'm just like, you know, I'd rather lose it than give it to you, which is kind of where she's at. He's like, sign the paper, sign the paper, sign the paper. Let's go, let's go. Let's sell this house unless she gets to get out of here. We're going to lose everything and have nothing. So they're just right there on the fence with each other. So I I, I am hoping that they mail that echo that, that loan modification in it has to be in in two days or they'll lose the house for sure. Now, you know, the foreclosure sale date is set. The sale date is set for like November or something. So if they send in the loan mod, the bank will stop the sale date. If they don't, they'll still have a sale date. Now, she could file bankruptcy and postpone the sale. They could come up with all the money, which is not going to happen. I mean, they got approved for this loan mod. And I still, I'm like bewildered about how they got approved for a loan modification with a $2,300 a month payment when she's living on fixed income of $1,300. But they got it approved. So that's actually a good thing for us because all we have to do is just make those payments while the house sells. So let's just say in the perfect world, they live there through the month of November. Uh, I assigned this, so I would wholesale this. So this would be part of my 30,000 in 30 days challenge. I would wholesale this and make $15,000 wholesaling it. And then Will and Tyler would come in and fix it all up from the top to the bottom, give them some money to move out, and then get it all on the market. And then the financial risk assessment fee is 10% of whatever it sells for. So the boys get reimbursed for what they pay us. They get reimbursed for all the repairs and the mortgage payments. They get reimbursed for every dollar that they spend. Then they get 10% as the, because they're taking the giant risk. They're taking the risk of everything. And then they split what's left over. So in the perfect world, the homeowners would end up with 75. They'd end up with 75 plus the 50 because 10% of the 500. They end up with 125. Homeowners end up with 75. Now, Will and Tyler have done a bunch of these. They actually, this is like the thing that they like to do the most, which I'm happy for them because I don't want to rehab anymore. So it's like, mm, no, that works perfect for me. I'm not interested in jumping back in and starting to rehab houses, especially not up here in the mountains and especially not with the winter setting in. Like no interest whatsoever. So they just closed on one one week ago. And almost the exact same numbers, to be honest. And anyway, they made, uh, yeah, they made 60, no, they made $50,000 a piece. So they made 50 a piece, 100. Plus, I guess uh, they made 125. So I guess it was kind of the same deal. And the homeowners made whatever their amount was, and everybody was happy. Homeowners were happy. They didn't lose their house to foreclosure. Um, they had it, they, so they were in and out of that house in two weeks. So they went in. They rehabbed it, and they were done in two weeks. They just go 24 hours a day and knock out all the rehab, make it look beautiful. And then they put it up on the market, and it was on the market for less than two weeks. And then it sold, and they had a three-week closing. And I know he just made 50 grand was his share, just like last week. So this is an exact kind of a deal where, as a real estate investor, you may come across a deal and it's not a deal that you would want. 
but you know other investors because you're following everything wonderful tells you to do and you know other investors and you know someone else like hey this would be a good deal for that person and you know that you can wholesale that deal to somebody else who could take the deal now if i was wholesaling that deal to anyone else besides my son i would make them pay me 30 grand <laughs> because it's a really good deal and I wouldn't be like, no, you're not giving me $15,000. But he's my son, and he does a lot for me. And he helps me, and he travels with me. And, you know, he helps me with just, like, everything under the sun. So for him, I would give him a little bit better deal. But I'm still not taking less than 15 because, you know, I got to split it with the girls. So it's not that much for all of us if you take, if you split just a little bit. But it is a good deal. Now... Will this deal happen? I don't know. Felicia's talked to them. I've talked to them. I went in person. The numbers, and they laid out, here's how we equity partner. So if they end up with $75,000, they could go to Hartzell. And over there, they could probably find a $200,000 house, and they could put $75,000 down, and they could buy a house. They want to own a home. She does. He just wants to rent. He just wants to break off all of it. So we'll see, because when you have a couple like that, and one wants this and one wants that, and they're in two different mental states, you know, it, it sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Now, if this deal doesn't work out, I only have one hour invested. I went to their house, and I spent 45 minutes there. What's it mean? 15 minutes over 15 minutes. So I have two hours invested. Tops. Two hours. If it works out, I'll make 15 grand. If it doesn't, I invested two hours. But I gave them good advice. I gave them a fed up package. I went through all the options that they have and tried to help them make a good decision. So, but I've got, like I said, a husband and a wife. One is super motivated, like, let's do it, let's do it, let's sign right now. And the other one's like, I want to buy a hangout. I want to sell this in retail. And she's not seeing the mess. So if I'm able to get back over there, I'll take some pictures of the inside. So I'll show you and I'll say, hey, remember Heather and Steve were following this deal right now? I'll put some pictures up here and show you some pictures. So if you loved the show today and if you had learned anything, if you laughed, if you had a good time, if you're just happy here to be with me, I want you to leave me a five-star review and I want you to subscribe. So I'm just going to take a second. I'm going to read a couple of five-star reviews. And this one says, I am so blessed. Dwan is extremely skilled, patient, and full of helpful advice with the tools to build your business. It's so on point in so many ways, says Karen Rivalva. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, from the United States. Uh, this other one, it says, five stars. Insight, encouragement, and community. I love listening to the valuable information she shares as well as the variety of guests she interviews. The content is always so inspiring. Darling Atkins from the United States and One Last One by Stars. It says, must listen if you have a business. I am so glad I found this podcast. I've listened, I've listened to many different real estate investing podcasts over the past few years, but this by far is the best one out there. Thank you. Dwan is so genuine, insightful, and knowledgeable. I learn something every single episode. And that's from Irish Shore from the United States. So I print these off. And I just read them to you straight up off the internet. 
And if you would like a chance to have your five-star review read, first of all, you have to leave one. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and tune in next week, same bat time, same bat channel. And remember that the truth is in the red letters. Ciao! Wow, wow, wow. How much fun did you just have? You listened to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. Hey, do me a favor. If you love just one thing about the show, if you laugh, if you learn something, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Don't forget, next week, same bat time, same bat channel.